This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of HR in Review. I'm Amelia Brand, your host for today, and this time we're exploring what it's like to be a foster parent in the working world. I'm joined by Rachel Tate, the HR Director for the National Fostering Group. We explore just how compatible it is to work and foster children at the same time and discuss the lack of statutory rights foster parents have in comparison to a birth parent or a legal guardian. Rachel also gives me some tips on how you can become a fostering friendly employer. Hi Rachel, welcome to the HR in Review podcast. It's great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So today we're talking about how organisations can develop fostering friendly policies in the workplace. So would you like to firstly tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Absolutely. Yes. So uh, I'm Rachel Tate, the HR Director for National Fostering Group. We're the UK's largest fostering organisation and uh, we specialise in helping children and young people find fostering families And we support our foster carers to help our children in safe and caring environments throughout the UK while they're with us. I've worked with lots of different organisations and sectors. Uh, So personally, I've worked in aviation, children's daycare nurseries, oil and gas, manufacturing. So quite a variation there. (laughs) And um, I'm a chartered fellow of the uh, CIPD and especially passionate about the world of work and all things HR, of course. Great, thank you for that. So a good starting point then is considering how compatible fostering and working are together. Um, Do you think it's possible then to foster children and work at the same time? Absolutely, I do. Um, It is possible that you could be a foster carer and have a job as well, much like you could have your own children and work. But we would need um, some degree of flexibility, I would say, um, if somebody wanted to foster and work at the same time. So ideally, uh, foster carers would devote time to their role as a foster carer, being available, flexible to the needs of that child. And that would mean, for example, the employee or the foster carer could uh, work ideally uh, at home. Uh, part-time or with flexibility but we recognize that everybody's circumstances are different so there isn't a sort of a one-size-fits-all approach to being a foster parent um, we recognize that children and, and young people have differing needs um, and employers have differing needs for their workforces so um, in practice every case is judged on its own merits but it's certainly possible to work full-time and be a foster carer um, if your role and your working pattern would allow um, your you or your workforce to, to prioritise uh, in that way. Mm. Um, and it's worth noting as well that there's lots of fantastic benefits that come with being a foster carer, um, both to the parent and the child. So uh, as an employee, um, your, your benefits for being a foster carer would be things like the, the emotional enrichment that you get from that, um, which is obviously different to any type of, of work that you could ever do. Being a foster carer is definitely very a fulfilling um 
thing to, to have in your life to look after um, a child that needs that that care and support and also for the child too it's enriching for them to to be in a stable and caring environment and um, being able to build that satisfying and fulfilling life um, I would say for any employers or employees thinking about fostering um, a flexible approach is especially important right now because there's a desperate need for more foster carers in the UK so at the moment, the UK currently has about 57,000 children and young people in the fostering system, but we actually have a foster carer shortage in this country. So we're almost at crisis point, actually. And there's so many children that don't have a secure and loving home to go to. So with employers uh, being at the forefront of thinking about the the world of work and the impact that that has on families it's really important that employers are encouraged to think about fostering given that we need 10,000 new foster carers at the moment so employers play a massive part in that in allowing and supporting their employees to foster so hopefully that answers that question (laughs) yeah I mean you know there's some really interesting um, and quite poignant stats there actually Um, And, you know, you touched on the importance of flexibility there, um, which really leads me to ask then what an employer can and should do to help an employee who wants to foster a child. Mm -hmm. That's a really good question, Amelia. So as a start, employers could put a fostering friendly HR policy in place. Mm. And that's something that National Fostering Group could support with. Uh, Simply by doing that alone, it recognises the importance that um, foster carers fulfil and that they're not excluded from the workplace and it helps uh, them support positive futures for those foster children. So if you're an employer or a HR professional listening to this podcast, I suppose what I would say is um, if your employees want to foster with us, we, we are offering help as National Fostering Group to HR professionals and businesses to design a fostering friendly policy at no cost to their organisation. And we can offer, offer other forms of support as well. Um, now, these things can take a little bit of time uh, to, to get up and running, but it's important that, um, you know, the time is taken there to get a good fit for that organisation in terms of setting the right tone with their policies and making it fit for that employer. So as a foster and friendly employer and a care provider, we're really putting you know our money where our mouth is in supporting our employees who are foster carers and other organisations too. Um, personally, a National Fostering Group, we're a people-focused organisation inside and out, and we're really proud to display our fostering-friendly logo. And we hope that that will inspire other businesses in all sectors to use their influence in positive ways too. Mm, that's really interesting. And you know, you talk there about making sure policies are a good fit for or the organisation. Um, but what about a more general approach? Do you perhaps? have any tips for our listeners about becoming a fostery friendly employer? Absolutely. Um, I think it's one of those areas of, of employment um, practice that's uh, sort of needs more support and education on. Mm. So we 
you would definitely recommend uh, to an employer or HR professional listening that they take advantage of the free and expert knowledge base that we offer at National Fostering Group and take that time to explore um, that policy and how that could benefit their organisation if it is something that they want to do to implement a fostering friendly policy, obviously aligned to their um, mm-hmm. organisation, corporate and social responsibility needs. Um in addition, if, if you're a HR professional, uh, you might research more about um, the role of foster carers and those stories. They are extremely inspiring and, and foster children that leave foster care as well and yeah. um, how they go on into the world of work and how they can be supported too. Um, so personally, we've aligned our fostering friendly HR policy to our parental rights provision our foster carers have uh, rights that are equal to those of birth parents. And we know that statutory and discretionary entitlements too are included in that. Things like emergency time off and parental leave. Yeah. So we would treat a foster parent the same as a uh, any other parent in our workforce. Another tip would be we've also tailored aspects of our policy, um, for example, time off to attend child review meetings and training. These are typically things that um, the average child wouldn't need, um, but a foster child would need that additional support. Um, And another consideration for us as the largest UK independent fostering agency was supporting our sector as a leader so we love the Mm -hmm. fact and actively encourage our employees themselves to become foster carers but obviously we're a limited audience and it's extremely important to us that fostering is supported everywhere in every organisation so we're we're ultimately on a bit of a mission to to help Mm -hmm. others. Mm. Okay then let's move um more towards the employment law side of things then, because I'm aware that, uh, unfortunately, I think you just touched on it a little bit there yourself, um, foster parents don't automatically have the same statutory rights as birth parent or a legal guardian does. Um, so could you perhaps expand on the impact this could have on an employee who is a foster parent? Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hrreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Mm, I think that's a really good point about the actual legal status there. So (laughs) sadly, foster parents don't automatically have the same statutory rights as birth parents or a legal guardian. Mm -hmm. So the situation obviously has a negative impact on working foster carers and people who are thinking about fostering. So birth parents and adoptive parents have the right to reasonable time off for emergencies, unpaid parental leave for non-emergency events, maternity and paternity leave, and obviously things like the right to ask for time off work for training or study. But parents with a child um, who has a disability, um, they have additional rights off too. But when you foster a child, you provide care for that child on a day-to-day basis. And that is no different really to, to your own child. So things like the school run, school appointments, dental appointments, looking after them if they're unwell. I mean, it also includes things additional like care plan meetings with other fostering professionals. So if your foster child needs additional help, such as, you know, therapy or specialist support, you might need as a a foster carer and an employee to factor that time in. So foster carers look after children on behalf of 
the child's natural parents and social services. So they don't have sort of the same rights as a, a typical parent would. Um, they don't have parental responsibility, even though they're doing the day-to-day job of a parent. Uh, but it's unfortunate, a gap in legislation, and that leaves foster carers struggling if they want to foster and work at the same time. But the good news is those forward-thinking employers out there can help fill the yep. gap. So employers could put in a fostering-friendly policy. And on a very basic level, if those employers are encouraging that foster parents have the same rights to time off as a, a typical parent would, that helps solve logistical problems very easily, and um, as well as dealing with HR issues like recruitment, retention and performance. I mean, as it stands then, um, the responsibility to create fostering fostering friendly policies really does fall solely on businesses and organisations then. Um, so could you perhaps share examples for our listeners of, you know, well-known organisations that have implemented these types of HR policies specifically designed to support foster parents? Spot on. Yeah. So as I mentioned, National Fostering Group is a fostering friendly employer. Um, we might, might not be the sort of brand that everybody uh, knows about, but people may have seen uh, recent campaigns that we've done, for example, with Fatima Whitbread on the TV or heard it on the radio. Um, and by implementing a fostering friendly policy, we're seeking to support the sector as a whole by attracting more foster carers and employees who want to foster and create an organisation where high calibre people want to work for those businesses, especially as we see family units evolving, fostering friendly practices allow us to do that and allow us to help our employees feel valued enough to stay. Um, so the... The wider picture is that organisations that have fostering friendly policies in place, they're typically more diverse and um, our policy allows us to recruit and retain good quality staff. So a fostering friendly policy gives colleagues the security of knowing that they can do what they need to do for their foster child and sets out the rules and expectations for everyone. The wider picture is that organisations that have a fostering friendly policy in place are more diverse uh, from local authorities to not non-profits right through to commercial and corporate operations even small businesses and I was certainly surprised at the diversity mm. so on the public sector side there's many examples among local authorities and right up to central government such as the Department of Education who've implemented fostering friendly policies and practices and then other organisations we know of nationwide Metro Bank Santander these are also leading the way um, in their sectors in finance we've got Lidl Island John Lewis partnership so again we're seeing in the retail sector forward thinking big organizations implementing fostering friendly um, policies so as I mentioned there's SMEs have also embraced the fostering friendly policy too which shows that you don't have to be a big brand to make a difference to children's lives and Really, we would encourage any employer listening to this to get in touch if this sounds like something that they uh, feel that they would like to implement too. Well, it's certainly great to see these organisations thinking forward, you know, themselves. Um, moving on to recruitment uh, for a little bit then. Um, in the current day, attracting and, you know, retaining top talent is one of the biggest challenges that HR faces. Um, so in terms of talent, uh, recruitment and retention then, how do you think fostering friendly HR policies can help organisations attract and retain skilled employees who are considering fostering themselves? 
Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Yeah, good, good question. So firstly, I think that it's important to understand that people become foster carers because they want to make a difference and Mm. who doesn't want employees that want to make a difference in all that they do. So it's powerfully emotionally as well as being a practical decision and caring for others can be a very fulfilling um, in a way that's something that's not possible in our day to day job. So Also, people who have emotional intelligence, compassion and empathy are exactly the kinds of people that many businesses want to attract and retain, as I said. And it makes sense to make it easier for them to satisfy these needs through fostering. And it also brings these skills to the workplace, too. So many employers probably don't think that you can foster and work, but they might also be unaware that their own policies may make it difficult for employees to become foster carers. So it's important to note that employers might be losing out on attracting highly skilled potential employees because they already foster, Mm. as well as missing out on transferable skills that foster care experiences can bring to any workplace. So once you've approved your fostering friendly HR policy, it's important that businesses communicate its existence to the workforce and also in job adverts as well to candidates normalizing fostering as part of culture and by celebrating employees who become foster carers and that extension to the family unit is extremely important Um, additionally businesses could become advocates for positive outcomes for foster children by being involved in local and national campaigns so there's really so much that employees can do to to support um, this evolving um, area when it comes to that overlap with employment. Yeah I think you know being transparent even before day one from you know even the job posting itself is is really important. Um, To tie up our conversation then um, do you have any you know other practicalities in mind that an employer should consider if their employee wants to foster that we haven't mentioned today? Mm, definitely so foster carers would probably need to take time off to attend monthly care review meetings this is an important part of their role as the day-to-day carer of the child dependent on the needs of the foster child emergencies and parental leave requests will ebb and flow so employers should really keep in mind that most have most children have experienced trauma neglect or abuse and they may have special needs that uh, you know impact the care of the child And fostering can be challenging at times too. So emotional Mm. support, like being able to empathise with your fostering colleague um, might be well received. But if we remember, there's lots of different types of fostering placements. Some can be short term respite, for example, and some can be longer term. So it's just really about keeping that conversation open between employer and employee um, to help support that employee with um, their child placement that they have. Great. Well, um, thank you for that, Rachel. There's been some really interesting insights there. Um, But before you go, (laughs) I have two more questions for you before we wrap up today, which we ask all of our guests on the HR In Review podcast. Um, So the first question then, if you could pass on one crucial lesson you've learned in your career in one minute or less, what would be your top tip for other HR pros? 
Mm. So if I could give a tip for other HR professionals, I would recommend that as HR professionals, we position ourselves within our workplaces to truly add value to our business and our community. So what do I mean by that? Well, it could mean different things dependent on the sector or industry, but essentially This means contributing to overall business commerciality and success, as well as creating better working lives for the people we employ. Um, As HR professionals, we have a responsibility to our colleagues to retain a human element where people feel valued and their needs are met through the changing world of work. Mm. And and lastly, then, uh, what is the single biggest change you think will happen in HR over the next five to 10 years? Great question. I think it will be flexible working and the approach to work. Um, Yeah, I think there'll be a key feature in our future workforces. I mean, we've seen the impact of COVID in terms of showing that remote work was possible. So going forward, we have adapted with things like flexible working, but we need to keep going. Recently at National Fostering Group, we've implemented a four-day working week, but we continue to see different approaches and I, I think that's important that you know as HR professionals we um, we look on the horizon and, and see how the world of work will evolve so things like hybrid working now is a firm feature but how are we as people professionals going to evolve that flexibility further so for me it's about balancing the needs of people with the demands of business and facilitation of both these factors coming together in a complementary way Um, I mean, we've spoken about fostering today. So if we take the example of fostering, an employee may need that flexibility in approach to work so they can stay in employment, but also change a child's life by honouring their fostering commitments. Um, So, yeah, I I think flexibility is going to be a key one, as well as diversity and inclusion, which, um, you know, are as equally important as, as the world of work evolves. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's been really fantastic having you on today, Rachel. Um, Thank you very much for joining me. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.